to Five Blossom Radio with your host, Denise Richard. Five Blossom Empowerment is based on an unusual model for growth, combining elements of the arts, health, and spirituality. Now, here is Denise Richard. So welcoming everybody today. My name is Denise Richard. Welcome you to Five Blossom Radio. Our topic today is the gift of giving and sharing in community. It's a sensitive subject uh, in a time of change. Our talk today is going to involve us with the concept of food sharing and the power of giving to those in need. So we introduce the sharing farm, and the farm is run by a community of members dedicated to providing fresh, healthy local produce to less fortunate neighbors. So Five Blossom Radio welcomes today Sarah, Sarah Drury from the sharing farm. Sarah. Sarah, sorry, it's a pleasure to have you here with us. Uh, the issue of food, how do you work with this? What is your work with the Sharing Farm? Hi, Denise. Um, so I am the executive director of the Sharing Farm, um, which means I'm more on the office side of things. So I'm doing all the fundraising and the administration, the management side, um, and not so much out in the field. Um, uh, we have a farmer who works full-time and is managing fields um and the sharing farm is a really incredible concept that was started in 2002 um where it's a farm which is on city land it's in a park and um we grow food to donate it to the food bank and to um community meal programs throughout the city um and yeah, it's um, using organic practices and also using a lot of volunteer labor from community members. Oh, this is a really special, special thought. Who, who, who would have started that? Who, where did that originate? Um, no? Yeah, I do. Um, so um, there was a lady called um, Mary Gazettas and a few friends of hers as well. And so prior to 2002, so in the late 90s, um, they were concerned that there wasn't any um, fresh produce in the food banks that it was all just sort of canned and processed food mm-hmm. and um, they also saw um so the community that the farm is in richmond is an old it's a city now but it's an old farming community and so an awful lot of people have um orchards and fruit trees in their gardens and I think Mary and her friends saw that there was all this fruit that um, you know, wasn't being eaten, and so they started up a fruit tree gleaning project. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually, the, the original name of the sharing farm was the Fruit Tree Sharing Society, I think. I see, I um, see. So yeah, they, they started by um, collecting fruit and donating it to the food bank, and then um, Mary... Um, from all accounts, I, I never got to meet her, unfortunately, but from all accounts, she was a real um, go-getter type and um, not one to kind of, um, you know, not push things forward and progress things when she had a good idea. And so she persuaded um, somebody in the city of Richmond's park departments to give a little bit of land for free in one of the parks um, to so volunteers could farm it and grow vegetables to also donate. And oh, that's... That's pretty. That's pretty. That's pretty stellar. I mean, I I don't. You don't see that very often where parkland is being used um, for agriculture. Not not in this. Not in mid city. That's yeah. not very common. Yeah, yeah, and it's really lovely because the effect of that is um, we're we're in a park and so people can just walk around the farm. Um, it's not like a closed off area that people aren't allowed to be in it's completely open so anybody can come and walk around the farm at any time and see what's growing and we often see people you know having picnics on the farm and um just you know having having a look around so it's a really good place to be on many levels tell us a little bit about okay so it was parkland and it becomes a farm so who who's the farmer who who holds this work with you um, our farmer um, now is a uh, Christian, um, Christian Johansson. Um, uh, yeah, he's um, been farming this farm for oh, I think it's five or six years now. Lovely. Yeah, and I, it's kind of come from a sustainable farming background. Right, 
Right. Well, that's very special to have somebody holding all that together. That would be a big job. On your website, there's a lot to see. I was I was really enjoying it. I read that the sharing farm addresses food security issues, promotes organic practices, and educates new farmers and provides meaningful volunteer opportunities. Now, that's a good headline. I thought this is a good place to be. Um, when I see the the highlight you know, food security, I, I get excited because I have a sense that we're raising a certain consciousness around the care of land and food production, and and that means good things for a lot of people. My question for you, Sarah, is um, what does food security entail uh, for your organization? How would you describe that? Well, for us, it's all about getting really good quality food um, to people that need it. Um, so, our produce is incredible. It's it's organic. It's incredibly fresh. Um, it's absolutely delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we you know the kind of idea behind the farm is that that sort of quality, nutritious produce shouldn't just be the preserve of people with mm-hmm. a lot of money. Mm-hmm. 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 So yeah, um, that's the whole ethos of the farm. Yeah, and food security often involves the livelihood of many. So it takes a product from concept to uh, the end result, right? So that's a that's a that's a cycle. That's and to be able to do that and have stability in that, and to be able to know that you're going to be able to have uh, to project forward. Even that's a that's an important part in food production. So it sounds like you guys have been working that for a while to be able to say, yeah, we we're, we're sustainable that way. Uh, and so that to me means that there's many different um, levels of interaction that'll that'll bring that together. And I'm wondering if you would be able to tell us a little bit about, for instance, uh, you write that uh, that there's education involved and that you're in your nonprofit and uh, that you help other farmers. So can you tell us a bit about that end of things? Well, yeah, so we're, we're really interested in introducing sustainable agriculture to um, as many people as possible. So um, firstly, we have 750 volunteers coming to the farm last year. And so each one is, is learning something about growing and about agriculture. Um, we also employ um, young people in the summer through a grant scheme. Um, and they are working for about about 15, 16 weeks in the summer with our farmer, and um, quite a few of the past um, the past uh, farm labourers have gone on to um, continue to work in small farms. So you actually bring in uh, those who are interested in learning about sustainable farming, and uh, Christian gets to help teach them or show them how the, how it works in your way. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a good kind of first step into getting into mm-hmm. getting into sustainable agriculture. Right. Our right. farm, is, it's, it, it's a good, it really works. Like we're, we're producing a lot on four acres. Wow. So it's, um, so we donated over 24,000 pounds of produce last year. And yeah, it's, it's run really. Well, that's exceptional. That's so an exceptional it, year. Yeah, so it's it's a it's a good place to come and kind of see how how it could work, and, and it's a good model. So the the model is organic farming, and it involves uh, the good practices that don't toxify the soil. Uh, is there anything you can tell us about uh, that process? Is that that I that you'd like to share with us at all? Um, well, I'm not the farmer, so I don't. <laughs> okay, I won't make you. <laughs> yeah. We use um, yeah, we use organic practices. Um, we use a walking tractor, um, which is I, I sort of describe it as a a fancy rototiller. It's it's a it, you walk behind it and it has different attachments, um, but um, the effect of that is you can. It's lighter on the land. It's less compactful for the soil, and um, you can also farm a smaller area because um, it doesn't need as much turning radius as like a, a drill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. So do you serve um, all year round? Like, I know that our climate is, is not um, not easy to work with in some ways. Summers are hot and, and winters are cold. So how do you, um, what, what crops do you work with in the summer and, and do you provide any crops in the winter at all? Or? Um, yeah, so we're mainly producing in the summer. Um, and during, like, so right now we've got so much stuff coming out of the ground. Um, so potatoes, onions, carrots, beets, um, lettuces, cabbages. Uh, and then we also have three greenhouses. So we've got um, hothouse crops. So we have mm-hmm. tomatoes, um, eggplants and cucumbers and uh, sweet peppers as well um, coming out of there. Um, but, yeah, we have all sorts of things at the moment. Um, but, yeah, that does kind of um, reduce quite a lot in the winter. So we are still growing in the greenhouses in the winter but for us actually the limiting factor isn't as much the cold because it's relatively warm in Richmond and it's a relatively mild climate Um, it's more um, the saturation so Richmond is actually um, you know um, just slightly below sea level so with all the rains that we get around here in the winter Mm -hmm. that that means that um, actually our fields become really saturated. So sometimes you can actually go out there and you'll see ducks swimming between. <laughs> <laughs> between the rows. It'll yeah. become a little <laughs> duck pond temporarily. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, um, yeah, so basically in the winter, most of our fields can't be grown in. Um, but um, we did um, increase. So, we, so when we built the barn, we took the topsoil from where the barn was and we put those into the greenhouses. So they're a foot or so higher than the rest of the land Mm -hmm. Um, and so we've been able to plant winter greens in there so things like kale and masuna and tatsoi and um uh, yeah a a bunch of of green salad greens basically um and that grows pretty successfully um so we do we usually plant it in november and then we get a harvest out of it and then we send that to the food bank and then it sort of doesn't grow very well in December um, because of the light. Um, but then when in January, when the days start getting a bit longer, then we'll get another harvest and then um, we'll get another harvest in um, February and then we'll take it out and start planting the summer crops then. See, very good. So we, we thank you. We have a pretty good sense of uh, the sharing farm as a service and how uh, it can make the difference. Uh, five Blossom Gatherings, uh, Five Blossom Radio, we have a mandate of support and helping to create a, a climate of care. And I, I feel like this, um, this work you do really helps um, generate that kind of warmth and, and feeling of um, respect for, for community. With the predictions that are coming in, it, it you know it gets a little tight. It gets a little scary to consider our food and and where things are going to go. And I'd like to open it up a little bit and look at the areas of support and service and the production just a little bit more because it's so crucial that without that nothing goes. So if you could tell us a bit about uh, the area of support, your experience with the sharing farms in terms of. Let's say, for example, the volunteers. That's that's a big area, wouldn't it? Yeah, uh, the volunteers are a huge, huge part of the sharing farm, and um, it's it's really lovely because it's a really wonderful, um, mutually beneficial arrangement that's happening there. Because we really need people to help us on the land. Like um, you know, anybody who's done any organic farming knows that there's a lot of weeding to do and a lot of a lot of work a lot of physical work um so we really need volunteers um but also um i feel that volunteers really get a lot out of coming to the sharing farm there's such a wonderful atmosphere of community and friendship um there's you you people learn a lot about how to grow their own vegetables mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um and there's also it, it gives people an opportunity to give back to their community. It is a really, mm-hmm. you know, meaningful thing to volunteer for where you can actually see that um, that work that you've done, like that kale that you harvested today is going to the food bank. Yeah, and helping somebody else stay good. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And helping, and so it goes around many times, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that that kind of care, you can't, you can't, you can't buy it. It's given through the heart, really. I mean, it's really, yeah. Yeah. We so, have so many fantastic volunteers that come out again and again, and the, there's just a really lovely um, community formed there. So your volunteers are all of all ages, it sounds like. It sounds like if you're going to have, what, you said over 700 volunteers, you're going to have different age groups, and uh, you're going to probably need to also be able to divvy it up a little bit. Not everybody can do the same kind of task. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we have everyone from small children to people in the 90s coming out. Um, and, yeah, like we are mindful that not everybody is going to be able to haul huge wheelbarrows full of compost around the farm. Um, <laughs> although that's very welcome. <laughs> welcome those people. Um, so we always try to have um, some tasks which um, can be done, um, you know, in the shade or sitting down and don't involve heavy lifting. So actually I was out there this morning um, with a group of volunteers from the local seniors center mm-hmm. out, and um our little group was um cleaning onions so the onions nice. were harvested and so we we're just cutting the roots off and you know getting the, the mud off it and then sorting it into piles for long-term storage and to go to the food bank straight away super um, very yeah. nice very nice so awesome. th- yeah. knowing that that's that's the big that's the big uh, power that moves it. I mean, you have you know people who are specified in different areas that are really know their business, but it's the power of the community that moves the whole thing. Uh, if you have 700 people coming in and they're sharing that kind of joy, it's pretty special experience, I'm sure. What um, what are the ways that this work gets seen and promoted? Um, well, um, we have um, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, so we're quite active on there, and our handle's at Sharing Farm. Um, and we have our website, which is www.sharingfarm.ca. And, um, yeah, um, the other thing that we really do to promote the farm and agriculture, you know, sustainable agriculture in general is um our annual garlic festival that we have in august every year um, oh tell us about that that sounds very exciting yeah it's um it's a huge event um i think we had about six to seven thousand people come out this year which was <laughs> so year. only six to seven that's amazing that's so wonderful tell us yeah. how did how did that like, can you give us a little bit of a, an understanding? What, first of all, what is a garlic festival and how is, it, how is it promoted? So is it just garlic? Are you just promoting a bunch of garlic in different ways, different kinds of garlic? Or tell us more. Well, I mean, it's centered around the garlic for sure. Um, so we, um, we grow um, three different types of garlic in our farm and then we have some other garlic farmers um, come in as well to sell their garlic. And I guess the original idea behind that was that garlic is something that is really popular in so many cuisines and cultures around the world. And it's something that a lot of people get really excited about. So, um, you know, fresh local garlic is, is really special and, and having a festival to celebrate that is, is really fun and attracts a lot of people. Um, but it's, it's also to showcase the farm in general, like we, we obviously sell our other produce and um, we have a lot of other nonprofits in the community come out and, um, and, and do various things from running children's stores to informational booths. Um, and we have, um, workshops on how to grow food. Um, a big part of the fundraising element is, um, we have, um, chefs come in and they make garlic based dishes to sell at the festival. Now that's Um, awesome. That's really exciting. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's really great because, um, uh, I mean, you know, sometimes um, there's good food at festivals, but often you go to festivals and it's just like a hot dog or something. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, this one's a little bit different, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we're having, um, you know, some of them are from, you know, quite high-end restaurants in Vancouver and Richmond um, and making quite fancy food. And some of them are from, you know, we're making more kind of um, 
plain accessible food, but yeah, like lots and lots of different types of dishes to try. And um, we also have garlic ice cream, which is quite fun. Wow, that's an unusual one. I've never had garlic ice cream. I did see an image uh, on your website. I think it was your website. I saw it where there was a braided garlic, but it was braided with flowers. And I thought the it was so beautiful. And I've braided garlic before, and it is not an easy thing to do. <laughs> I mean, it takes a little bit of skill. And I thought if if that's just an idea of how you know you're presenting not only food, but you're presenting beauty, you're presenting a certain elegance, and uh, that takes it up a notch. It, it was very beautiful to see. Can you tell us a bit about, um, we're going to go back a little bit because I was thinking those people who put all that together, that big festival, I'm sure you're going to have volunteers for that too. Um, tell us a bit about these people. Do they gather? Do, do, do they get to celebrate uh, also from this? I mean, there must be something very special to have put that big of an event together. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and it's funny you've said about the garlic braids because that's something that is um, run, the volunteers braid the garlic and it's also taught by another volunteer. So she comes in once a year and teaches people how to braid garlic. So, um, yeah, it's just this whole, um, yeah, there's just so many people coming in to help in different ways. Um, yeah, um, we have a big, um, volunteer appreciation event at the end of the year so it'll be in October this year um, so we'll get everyone together and we'll eat food um, that's grown on the farm and um, yeah and just kind of celebrate the hard work that everyone's put in throughout the whole season. Yeah yeah so it feels like uh, everybody's gotten a fair share of uh, of goodwill going on at the end of it all. We only have a, a few minutes left before we go on to break so I'd like to ask you a little bit about uh, doing this work with these people who've never done anything. They don't need a crash course. They can just come and enjoy and and learn a little bit as they go. And then you have uh, also uh, the responsibility of taking all this forward. And uh, is there a particular story you want to highlight here about uh, those fun moments where you think, now this was really worth it. It was really a fun experience. Um. Yeah, well, I mean, I get a lot of pleasure from working with volunteers. They're such a wonderful group of people, and um, you know, you get you get people who are really um, really knowledgeable about gardening, and people that have never done anything before in their lives. And um, yeah, I mean, one thing that stood out to me was um, last year one of the um, older gentlemen that Kate comes out was telling me how that he was quite lonely and that coming to the sharing farm was his kind of big um, social event um, in the, in the week and that it really meant a lot to him. And um, yeah, we also have this group of um, um, seniors um, who originally came from Afghanistan and um, they're, they're wonderful. And um, yeah, one lady was telling me about how, you know, when she was growing up in Afghanistan, like she had like a kind of family, um, not a farm, but, you know, like a homestead. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. How, um, you know, coming to the farm was like a really, you know, get brought back wonderful memories and kind of reconnected her to her childhood. So Yeah, so it's giving her uh, her grounding back a little bit mm-hmm. of seeing people gather. If you could um, tell us a little bit again one more time for those who didn't get that, uh, the uh, your URLs, the, the media handles so that um, our listeners can connect in with you after our break. Uh, we'll continue on. Okay. So, um, yeah, the um, social media handle is at Sharing Farm and our website is www.sharingfarm.ca. Thank you very much. So um, what we've done is we've highlighted something I think that's uh, a little bit out of the ordinary because we're so used to looking at food in a particular way now where we go to our store and we buy our food. Um, do you uh, do you have any, do you sell food at all or is it just the, um, the giving of and sharing farm? Um, yeah, we do sell food. Um, so it's actually the, one of the ways that we can fund the farm and keep it going um 
is we sell at farmers markets. Um, we sell a we call it a harvest basket where it's oh, a that's nice. vegetable box that people come and pick up mm-hmm. once a week. Um, so a seventeen weeks in the summer, and um, we also sell a little bit to restaurants in Richmond. Thank you. So uh, what we'll do is uh, let it go for the moment. I'm going to be taking a little bit break and uh, we'll be back after to speak about the sharing farm. Uh, Knowing that uh, we're highlighting care of those who love to share and uh, we look to understand that the power of a practice and know uh, that the work is good. These are the things that Five Blossom Gatherings consider. If, if you want to know more about Five Blossom Gatherings, you can visit our website at fiveblossomgatherings.com or you can email Denise at fiveblossomgatherings at gmail.com. So our programs are uh, very specific very specific, and we highlight five different ways to engage um, and promote health. And one of them is stewardship, uh, meaning that reconnection to land, reconnection to service, and reconnection to compassionate giving. And that's the that's the power of, uh, of five blossoms in, in a nutshell. So we're going to take a break now, and uh, we'll be back with the Sharing Farm in a moment. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Five Blossom Gatherings is the website and program from Denise Richard. By visiting FiveBlossomGatherings.com, you'll find out more about Denise's professional Tai Chi and Qigong services. Explore her website and view works of art and much more. You can book healing and counseling sessions with Denise. She works with clients who have health interests and concerns. Her programs include knowing your whole body, self-care for your health, and inspiring wholeness. Visit FiveBlossomGatherings.com today. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are listening to 5 Blossom Radio. Connect with the program today by calling in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to 5blossomgatherings at gmail.com. Now, back to 5 Blossom Radio. Welcome back. This is Denise Richard speaking with Sarah Drury of The Sharing Farm. We've been speaking on the on a special topic, the service of food sharing at thesharingfarm.ca. A very, very unusual but very, very special service to the community. So Sarah, as we know that the topic of food sharing is sensitive, it's a global issue. I was looking at the stats, or I, I read recently, just a few days ago, that um, the stats are really, really heavy, that on the planet, one in nine is starving. And on top of that, the concern for food production in, uh, you know, is a, a, global, a global concern. So the Sheriff Farm has touched two very important issues with care. One is the growing of food, the management of food through care, and also um, the uh, helping, uh, the giving to others. Um, In this next half, I would like to um, ask you some questions. Uh, How do you see the future of food sharing? Um, Well, I'm not sure how... You know, I don't have a crystal ball or anything, but what I do know is that um, there is a real demand for it. Um, you know, we have our four-acre farm and we're very productive, but 
we're not even um, completely fulfilling all the needs of the Richmond Food Bank. And there mm-hmm. are um, all these other food banks in the lower mainland um, that don't have sharing farms providing for them. So um, what I can tell you is that there definitely is a need for um, sharing more fresh produce. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can imagine. And you work on a full-time basis, don't you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a full-time job helping out people. Mm-hmm. So um, when just uh, I want to get a sense of the glow here because it is such a um, it's like a, a cutting edge in a way, even though it is ancient technology. I mean, you f- you feed your community, you're well. <laughs> it's kind of basic in in concept, but we're coming back to um, a more caring way of, of approach. And uh, when all the work is done, how do you feel? What's the glow? Oh well, there's such a fantastic glow. I mean, um, I mean, just the other day, I was just sitting with the farmer and cut open a watermelon, and it was best watermelon I've ever had in my whole life and I was just like wow yeah Yeah, like you couldn't ask for better (laughs) yeah it's like so wonderful to be um growing such good quality nourishing food yeah the Um, nourishment knowing that that's being shared in the community um it's wonderful and then and and yeah and then the the other thing as I said is that kind of community connection we've got going on and you know every time I work with the volunteers we so at the end of the volunteer session we sit down and we have um you know a salad and a snack and with with the volunteers and you know we have a conversation about you know what we did on the farm that day and yeah every time I go to that I feel so energized and it's mm-hmm. just a wonderful experience and mm-hmm. yeah it, it and and I feel like everybody's just really delighted to be there and really happy yeah, so it makes a big difference on a on a cultural level too. It touches so many levels. Mm-hmm. So when you speak, when let's move about, let's uh, when speaking of the process, um, the work of sending all that good food out to the out from the farm, uh, moving it into the world. So you send out a lot of fresh produce. Um, how much was that again? Did you send? Yeah, so it was over twenty four thousand pounds last year, and it's looking like it's going to be even more this year. And that's that means that you have to set up many layers, as we as we mentioned, of um, different levels. Now, you also told me in our little discussion that uh, a, pro, a percentage or that f- produce goes to the food bank, but there's also other places that. Uh, connect in you spoke uh, can you tell us a bit about that there's something about community meals program and so on yeah yeah so um we also um give produce to a number of organizations um in richmond that do community meal programs so um they cook the food at their facility and serve a hot meal um for families or, or for whoever whoever needs it um so a couple of churches um, the BC Muslim Association. Um, there's a a secular nonprofit called um, Richmond Family Place, in, mm-hmm. and they do um, they do meals. I think they do every day. Um, yeah, so um, we're providing um, ingredients for those meals as well as just to the food bank. Yeah. And then you mentioned also the percentage that's going to be sold to keep the farm running mm-hmm. that needs to to have a certain percentage. You said that? Yeah, so I'm, I'm not quite sure exactly how much it is, but around 50% we're selling um, mm-hmm. the farm going. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, so um, that's at the farmer's markets, as I said, um, which are fantastic. It's really, it's a lot of work doing a farmer's market. Um, mm-hmm. It's also... It's really lovely to kind of be there, like once you've grown the produce, to kind of be there and actually seeing it go into people's hands. It's a really rewarding experience. Mm-hmm. And, and you mentioned also being administration, that you also have to look at the grants and, and other areas like sponsorship and so on. Yeah, yeah. So there's a, there's a lot of um, fundraising to do um, to keep the farm going. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're supported by various grants um, and um 
yeah, we, we have a sponsorship program where people can um, sponsor one of the harvest baskets that, um, so you, you, as an individual, you can buy a harvest basket for, your, for yourself and your family, um, but um, we have a number of companies that sponsor a harvest basket to be donated to a family that's low income in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Oh gosh, there's all kinds of number of things. And um, we have a corporate volunteering program. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, uh, various, um, businesses, corporations, um, will come just for like a one-off volunteering session and, um, there's, um, they donate money, um, to come and volunteer at the farm. Um, yeah. Um, wow. I'm, I'm delighted to hear yeah, and also understand just through our little talk today how much responsibility goes into uh, the management of this and the different threads that have to come together so that it is uh, viable. And uh, yes. yeah. yeah, it's always a puzzle. Like that, there's there's not a lot of revenue. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. quite a lot of expenses. So um, yeah, it's a puzzle to get it together. And I have to say that when I kind of when I first got to the farm and I kind of saw the budget and how much I was expected to raise, I was pretty intimidated. But yeah. um, what I've also found is that, um, yeah, people do really believe in what we're doing and that mm-hmm. you know, people are prepared to donate money in, in different ways. Um, yeah. So it, it, it works. Yeah, it works because it actually generates more energy than, than it takes, really. Yeah, like you're 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 doing a certain amount of energy. Your your groups are coming together to do a certain amount, but what it generates is even bigger. So yeah. that's why it can work. Is that it's a win for everybody? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean the garlic festival is another example of that. Like so many, like all the chefs donating their time. Exactly, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's it. Yeah, you're right. It it is a lot of energy comes back. Yeah. So um, I was, um, as I was doing my little discussion with you the other day, we were talking about how the food bank uh, is a member of the national food sharing system and that uh, your organization um, has to do a certain amount of work to, you know, to be able to provide for them. So you have all that kind of the, the harvesting, the processing, the, the setting up the food, washing it all. Do you wash it all too? Do you make all that prepare? You, you do all that preparation? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So we're, we're kind of, we, we have a, a beautiful barn um, called Mary's Barn after our founder, Mary Gazettis. Um, and so, yeah, we, we can um, process and wash everything before it goes to the food bank. So when it gets, so the food bank actually pick it up from us. And when it gets there, it's, it's ready to go onto, you know, onto people's, fridges and cupboards yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so with the when I think about um, how much need there is and the food bank and the way that your organization is supporting the food bank so nicely and uh, considering again you know the high the, the headlines are, are kind of heavy on us about climate change and and because there's less sustainability there and there's a bit of fear um, there's more responsibility for us to work uh, and create a kind of an ecosystem. So a few days ago, I was speaking uh, with uh, somebody who, who had coined the word ec- uh, that um, our communities are like an ecosystem and that if we work together and uh, share good uh, sure, harm- harmony. The land responds. It's like every. It kind of cools things down. It creates. It creates a way or a climate of its own. And I was touched by that. And I feel that what you have done is um, given us an idea from the inside that your organization uh, is set up to harmonize, is set up to help create more harmony. And that, to me, is an important piece that we're that we're maybe, you know, going to get a little bit of that glow on us for for the sharing today. Um, yours is a big system now, and the sharing farm becomes a model. And I was exp- I was excited to speak to you for a few reasons. One is that the, the topic is genuine and it's current. But two, it, it impacts us to see that we can grow in how we work with care and, it, and, and what does... What does a sharing farm do to help others grow? How, you know, 
Can you speak a little bit to that? Like, what are the things that, just if you think about it a moment, all the things that the sharing farm does to help others grow? What, what comes to mind? Yeah, um, I really like what you said there about it kind of creating its own ecosystem. Yeah, I yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, there is a lot of harmony that is going on at the sharing farm. Um, yeah, um, so I guess we're helping others to grow by by um, bringing so many people in to sort of see that it is possible to grow your own vegetables. And, and I mean, you wouldn't be doing it exactly like ours. We're a production farm, but um, we are showing people what things look like in the land and and hopefully inspiring people to go home and plant some things on their balconies or in their gardens mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Kind of, you know yeah like learning a little bit about yeah how to yeah I mean everybody that comes around like whenever I show someone they usually end up getting bringing an idea home for their own yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're, you're inspiring people there, too, to learn what you're doing. Uh, I live in a small village, and we've been given a, a parcel of land, and now we're getting ourselves um, geared up for growing and sharing food. I mean, it's uh, it's in its formative stage, and uh, I, we need to regenerate the land. Uh, and that's really an exciting process to know that there's a whole way of regenerating land now that's really basic and uh it's not difficult to do, and, and I'm excited about it. And um, do you know of others who have also set uh, this kind of thought forward or other, other organizations that you can mention or that um, are modeling this kind of thought, a way of work? Yeah, I, there are other people out there doing similar things in, in different ways. Um one that was pretty similar to the sharing farm that I visited when I was on vacation in San Francisco um, was called the, I think it's called Alimony Farm. Mm. Uh, and it's a three and a half acre farm in in San Francisco. Um, so pretty sort of similar urban farm model. And yeah, they're growing and, and donating the food. That's pretty exciting. And I was told that there's another little farm or something closer by here in our area. I didn't get the name of it, but I'm sure that this idea of uh, doing community work and sharing the food and helping each other out could catch on a little bit more since it's starting to, you know, tell us that if we do connect in and if we do take care of ourselves and create harmony and connect into the land that we are helping out with the climate change just by involving ourselves in a positive way. I feel that uh, even that sounds good to me. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And as I said, there's definitely a need for, for fresh produce and, yeah. and, and for sustainable farming practices. Yeah. On a thread of goodness also, I was uh, seeing a little creativity the other day. I recently, um, as I was uh, looking um, at the issue of food sharing, I came across a website called Olio.com, and the he- their headline was "Share More and Waste Less." And the beauty of this site and this organization is that it takes the idea of sharing on a global level. Now, it's it's an app. You buy the you, you don't buy the app. It's a free app, and um, what it does is it helps um, create the community and the concept of sharing by connecting people together. And so you can actually set it up for pickup very easily, like we've started it here. And it's going to, I think it's going to help take this idea uh, to the grassroots a little bit more of helping each other and sharing more. And those who may have gardens, who may have stuff to, you know, offer away or trees that are full of fruit that may want to be, you know, used up. Because that happened to us a few years ago. We had a tree full of fruit and not no nobody to help us with it. So that's where I see that the, the concept of sharing and the concept of working together uh, is starting to, to, gra- you know, to grab a little bit more deeply. Um, and I'm, 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 I'm impacted by that and uh, by the idea of even um, bringing those people together, like you said, at the Garlic Festival, where you're bringing all kinds of people into the concept of something bigger. So uh, what about 
education or workshops. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Is there anything that you have uh, at the Sharing Farm around that? Yeah, um, yeah, we do do workshops. Um, we've got a couple coming up that I haven't completely um, finalised yet, but um, in the fall we're going to be doing a beeswax wrap making workshop and um, and then some canning and fermentation workshops as well. Um, very kind of seasonally appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we do try and um, uh, yeah create workshops that are kind of related to it's always wonderful when you can kind of do that farm to plate things and people really enjoy um, getting the produce from the farm and then, and then, yeah, either like, you know, making a jelly out of it or, um, you know, eating like, yeah, cooking and eating with it at the time. Um, we've had a couple of groups come by and um, do kind of cookery classes um, with our produce. Um, we also have a, pizza cob oven on site like a wood tell us about that yeah it's really gorgeous I love it so much and um it's just a yeah a simple uh cob oven and um we've made I mean we we most commonly make pizza with it but we've also done a lot of um we've done Indian food in it we've done Mediterranean food in it we've done some Lebanese food in it so um, this is what can you explain to people what a cob oven looks like? I think some some of our listeners may not understand that at all. Yeah, it's so the cob is it's made of it's made of mud basically, um, and it's it's like a dome shaped oven. Um, yeah, it's a dome. It's basically a dome with an entrance, and then you you use um, wood to fire it, and it gets very hot. So I think you know it's like seven hundred. Fahrenheit or more it gets really hot um and yeah you can yeah use it to bake and cook a lot of things and it gives a it gives a sort of it has a sort of smokiness to the um the taste um and what I really enjoy about it is I enjoy the whole process like you have to sort of if you want to do it for lunch you have to get up at 6 a.m to light it and so I'm kind of out there process here You know, so I'm out there in the dawn, you know, with like the mist is on the field and you know, having a cup of tea and lighting the cob oven. So why would you need to um, light it up so early to have it for lunch? It, just ta- it takes a while to get up to heat, basically. So it's just a wood burning? Yeah, yeah. And so you need to get the coals out of hot and the whole whole thing heated up. Mm-hmm, you know, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. you've had a number of workshops in this little outdoor oven and you've served your own food you've prepared your own food in that oven and shown people how you can take it not only you can do the full thing outdoors really mm-hmm. yeah and, absolutely. and enjoy yourself yeah, yeah it, it feels really nice kind of you know that there's always just this really nice atmosphere when you know people are like gathered around the fire and you know and then and then eating and sharing a meal afterwards it's it's really it's yeah, a special atmosphere when we're talking about the workshops, is there any, are, are you welcoming people to connect with you if they have good ideas that might pertain to the way that you're working? Uh, are you receiving people ideas? Yeah, absolutely. I'm very interested in ideas about that. I feel, I feel like it's an area we could develop more at the farm and we have a good infrastructure for doing it. We have a commercial kitchen um, that doesn't belong to us, but we were able to use it um, on site. And um, yeah, there's space to do workshops. So I think that is an area where I want to expand in the future. So if mm-hmm. you want to get in touch, um, they are very welcome to. Mm-hmm. So we have uh, only a few minutes. We have only a few minutes left before we finish off today. When I was um, looking at uh, the process of what you're doing and how uh, our little community is is budding a little bit there too and inspired to consider this kind of work. Uh, What came to mind was to see that there's a consciousness that's changing and it started with the power of recycling. In other words, being aware that our resources are limited and that the process of taking something and using it again. And then I was realizing that the putting back into the earth and the um, uh, the food chain is uh, putting back into the earth and the concept of giving 
is really what's being recycled here now. And it, it means that um, also that sharing, giving back what you've been given and the cycle of change and the natural relationship between all these is coming um, is being is becoming part of our world and perhaps even more part of our future. And in thinking about all of that, and it was just a, a, a flow of thought, uh, there were four things that came to mind. One was that, um, on the one hand, social media, um, you know, pulls us away from the natural world and away from our food and the way that food is grown so easily. Um, and the, the connection that we have. But on the other hand, um, this concept of sharing farm or community sharing farm uh, helps uh, with the process of detox from uh, getting away from social media. So it's kind of like the counterbalance to what uh, I would see a commun- what we need. We need our health back. We need our reconnection. We need our grounding. Uh, the other thing I was thinking about is that the Sharon Farm also, uh, there's a pleasure in the connecting with the soil and the, and the ground and people get the, get their hands in there and it supports a natural health again and it recalibrates us, tunes us back to the earth and back to being together and it kind of cools things down a bit that way too. So that was the other thing that came uh, to me. And then there's another, the gathering, when you talked about the the like-mindedness that it would take for people to be able to enjoy something like that and the number of people, I mean, thousands is a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the community engagement that you created, the care, the support for one another, the smiles and the feeling of gratitude that for helping and the key people who get to feed um, from this rich food. That, that You know, again, another point. And then the last thing that I was thinking of, and I wanted to say to you, um, you know, I was really enjoying <laughs> considering all this and the service uh, to those who can't maintain themselves, ultimately, is that uh, you're helping those who can't. Um, and considering the health of a greater community, I, I just, it's made me very happy to know that uh, good people exist. So I, uh, I wanted to say thank you to you. And uh, I'm really grateful that you could take the time with us today. And I feel your role is very important in this process, and it keeps you very busy. Um, can you share, uh, again, your uh, information with those, and if you have anything to say? Um, yeah. Um, so, um, once again, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, uh, at Sharing Farm. And our website is www.sharingfarm.ca. And, um, yeah, thank you very much for having me. Um, I really enjoy talking about what I do because it's really lovely. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is Denise Richard, thanking our listeners. Thank you for joining us this week for 5 Blossom Radio with Denise Richard. Please tune into our next program. We're live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we speak again, may you have a harmonious week.